ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. the world's biggest sports, there's generally one standout league. Basketball, NBA. Football, English Premier League. Aussie rules, AFL. Kidding. For mixed martial arts, it's all about the UFC. What if there was a disruptor seeking to eat into that MMA pie? You might not have heard about one championship, but it is enormous in Asia, like really big. Now, they're trying to crack the rest of the world. Today we speak with their founder, Chattery Sichatong, about how he built one, what they're trying to achieve, and how real their challenge to UFC actually is. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Chattery Sichatong is the founder and CEO of One Championship, a mixed martial arts league based out of Singapore. They've been around in excess of a decade and they are on the move, having just hosted a card in the United States, as well as recently doing a broadcast deal with Amazon. Can we just start by understanding your personal connection to martial arts and the role it's played in your personal life? I've been doing martial arts for over 38 years. I still train every day. I've been a student, a competitor, a teacher, a coach, and now a CEO. You know, it's my greatest passion in life. I'm a lifelong martial artist, and it's the reason why I created one. It's truly wanted to share my greatest passion in life uh, with the world. Your journey is an interesting one. You studied at Harvard, moved to Silicon Valley, then into hedge funds on Wall Street. Why did you decide to walk away from all that and focus on mixed martial arts? Long story cut short, many years ago, I was dirt, dirt poor. My father uh, went bankrupt and, and eventually abandoned the family. And in Asian culture, the oldest son becomes the patriarch. So I had to take care of myself and my mother and my younger brother. You know, uh, I thought naively back then that if I made a lot of money, it would solve all my problems and, and I would be happy. When I went to Silicon Valley, started a company, eventually sold that company, then went to Wall Street, had my own global hedge fund. I know it sounds cliche, but I, I really felt like I had climbed up the wrong mountain and, and, you know, all the material things and wealth could do nothing for me. You know, and, and during this whole period, by the way, I was training martial arts every day and I was just thinking back, you know, is this what I want my life to be for the next 50 years or whatever it is? And I came upon the realization that the world has it wrong. Success does not create happiness. Happiness creates success. And I can tell you that the greatest failure in life is success without happiness. And that's what I was experiencing when I was on Wall Street. Today, I can truly say that statement of, you know, happiness creates success. Doing something I truly love with people I love, with a mission of changing the world and inspiring millions of fans, eventually billions of fans around the world to, you know, dream more, do more, and be more in life through the power of one, which is now the world's largest martial arts organization. As per Nielsen, Nielsen um, came out with a global sports industry report and uh, named the top 20 largest sports properties by viewership and engagement. And we were, you know, surprisingly up in, in top 10 category in, in, across TV, digital, social, et cetera, in terms of viewership numbers. You talk about your vision there. What opportunity did you see in Asia to build a global sports property? 
So every region of the world has several multi-billion dollar sports properties uh, that are part of the fabric of culture, history, and, and daily life. If you go to North America, it's NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and, and these are worth 50 to $100 billion each. You go to Europe, it's the same thing, F1, Champions League, EPL, and whatnot. And at that time, you come to Asia, there's literally nothing on a pan-Asian basis and literally nothing ever in history on a global basis coming out of Asia. And yet, Asia has been the home of martial arts for the last 5,000 years, the birthplace of martial arts. I naively thought, hey, it must be super easy um, to create a sports property that unites 4.5 billion people. The first three years were a complete disaster. Uh, thousands of rejections and failures. Every broadcaster thought it was a stupid idea. Every brand thought it was a stupid idea. Governments didn't want to be a part of it. Every investor I met with turned me down. Rejection after rejection after rejection before it really took off. And I think the one ethos, because the founder is a lifelong martial artist in me, we truly have that authenticity and that DNA of martial arts. And what do I mean by that? All over the planet, why do millions of parents send their kids to martial arts classes? It's not to learn violence or hatred or anger. It's to learn you know, humility, courage, respect, discipline, work ethic, goal setting. I never, I never be abusive, or offensive. So when I created one, I wanted to create something that was completely unique. And, and I think we're the only combat sports player globally. There's only three, basically, UFC, Bellator, and us. And I would say we are the only ones that truly, authentically have that martial arts DNA and ethos. I'd say we are 180 degrees opposite, exact opposite of what UFC represents. I'm the exact opposite of what Dana White represents. And I think that's resonated very strongly uh, with fans around the world and especially the martial arts community around the world. Let's touch on UFC then. Many of our audience would have had an exposure to UFC, though not to one, although you've recently signed the broadcast deal with Channel 7 in Australia. Could you explain the difference between the two properties as you see it? There are some major differences, but again, from a high level, we don't try to manufacture or have storylines of hatred and anger and, and religious insults and things that I truly believe are, are not good values for families and, next genera- and the next generation. The, the concept of sports and its influence on kids, other than their family homes and obviously school, the biggest influence on kids is literally sports, entertainment, and music. And so I don't think that DNA of espousing hatred, anger, violence, it, it should be something celebrated. Someone's life story of overcoming poverty, adversity, tragedy uh, through hard work and perseverance and sacrifice and grit and resilience and honesty and compassion. If you look at Olympics or any of the greatest sports properties in the world, these are the things that they espouse and, and one has that DNA. Yeah, you know, um, I've been battling depression my whole life. So when I step on the mat, I put that part of me onto the mat, you know. So um, I'm so happy to be here in front of all you guys. Why did one overtake the UFC in viewership numbers around the world? You know, this is all, of course, according to Nielsen's data, which is the world's authority on viewership data for the media industry. We're number, I think, number four on TV and UFC is number nine. And then digital and social were also ahead of the UFC. So we might be new to Australia, but we are larger than the UFC worldwide. The other difference is UFC is the world's largest MMA organization. So they only need to focus on one martial art, which is mixed martial arts. One is the world's largest martial arts organization. We have MMA, but we also have kickboxing, Muay Thai, grappling, boxing, 
um, and other martial arts are represented uh, on, the, on the stage. You talk about viewership, and it's clear you have access to a massive audience, but monetizing that is clearly the next challenge. UFC's most recent deal with ESPN has done just that, $300 million a year over seven years. So what's one looking at in terms of broadcast deals? Of course, UFC has a 20-year head start on us, right? They're 30-plus years old, and we are only 11-plus years old. So we have uh, a lot of catching up to do. Our biggest deal right now is eight figures, but I I can see very quickly how it's going to go into nine figures, you know, the growth rates of one and the viewership engagement levels. It's just a matter of time before we catch up and, and surpass UFC in terms of revenues. I predict, I don't know, in the next one, two, or three years, we'll, we'll have our first nine-figure deal. That's incredibly impressive. I want you to do a little bit of role play with us, Chatri. If you were the UFC, you're working for the UFC today, how would you critique one championship? I think they would say that one is probably too clean, too pristine um, as a brand. Maybe their view is that combat sports has to have that element of moral degradation. I don't believe so. And again, it's because I'm a lifelong martial artist. But if you go around the martial arts community, martial artists love one much, much more than they love UFC. Even if you look at me and Dana White, Dana White is a businessman. I am a businessman too, but I've been doing martial arts longer than I've been doing business. My vision of one is that families with their kids and grandkids can watch one. And this was something very, very surprising. Even the U.S., our U.S. debut, we had families, like little kids running around. And I was surprised that, you know, they had eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids. And we've had that in Japan. We've had the different countries where people bring their one, two, three, or four-year-old child because they know with one, you're not going to see the despicable behavior that you see often in other organizations. The growth's really impressive in a relatively short period of time. And it's clear that you have UFC in your sights. How do you plan to try and take them down? I don't view it as taking it down. I mean, the world today is a a global duopoly, okay, in combat sports. Like many industries, right, Uh, global duopolies can exist. So I don't think it has to be, you know, one or the other. I do think there's room enough and support for both. Some people genuinely like UFC's formula. I, I just don't believe it can scale beyond the fight community. You know, the people who love the the blood, hatred, and anger, and violence, and controversies. There, there's a portion of the world that loves that. I believe that families with kids and grandkids will embrace one, just as they embrace martial arts already with their kids doing jiu-jitsu or, uh, or Muay Thai or whatever martial art that their kids are doing. It showcases the very best. If you think, hey, that's a crazy idea, Chachi. No, look at the Olympics. The Olympics has boxing. It has wrestling. It has karate. It has taekwondo. And yet they do it in an honorable way. That and the World Cup have the highest viewership numbers in terms of sporting events, right? So the best way that Australians can think of it is if you love combat sports, but you just don't like the other WWE nonsense and you want to be able to share it with your kids, then one is one is the platform. It's the very best of the best world championship martial arts on the planet. I want to finish with one final question on the Australian market. A lot of UFC success here has been because of some of the Australian fighters who have succeeded on that stage. And I understand you've signed some Aussie fighters already. Fighting out of Australia, Reese Lightning McLaren. Are there plans to expand that stable? Definitely. I mean, obviously, there's many steps you take in order to become popular, but we have unseated the UFC in many markets already. So we are signing more and more uh, Australian athletes who fit our DNA of being the very best in the world, but at the same time, our role models to the world. UFC sells fights. We unleash real-life superheroes. Chatri, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Patrick. 
Headlines. Australian cricket coach Andrew McDonald has responded to ongoing criticism of captain Pat Cummins, including the suggestion from his old Victorian teammate and former South Australian Shield coach Darren Berry that the fast bowler would resign as captain after the Ashes. Check it out. Yeah, I was across those comments from Darren and they were most interesting. What I would say is uh, leadership takes on all different shapes and form and um, if, we're, if we're living and dying in the world of tactics only, then, yeah, I think it's fair and reasonable to critique some of the execution and, and tactics that we, we implemented. But to go as far as suggesting that the captain resign post-series, I think, is a bit far-fetched. And uh, there's opinions that we respect and there's, there's opinions that we don't. Well, that settles that. How about this for a feel-great story at the Women's World Cup? Linda Caicedo plays for Colombia. At 15, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Today, cancer-free, she made her World Cup debut aged 18 and did this against South Korea. Here goes Caicedo. Clean pair of heels for Kim. Caicedo still going. Oh, it's scored by the keeper. And the young star, Linda Caicedo, has already made her mark. The South Americans won 2-0. She was not the only teenager lighting it up out there. Casey Fair played for South Korea, becoming the youngest World Cup player of all time, aged 16. I'm inadequate. Also in football, Saudi Arabian club Al-Halal has offered Paris Saint-Germain 330-plus million US for French striker Kylian Mbappe. The 24-year-old is still contracted for another year at the French club. He's seen as the heir to the Messi-slash-Ronaldo throne as best player on the planet. So, would he move to a league well below his level just as he gets to his athletic peak? Well, if that transfer fee is any indication, the wage on offer is going to be considerable. If it all goes ahead, it's going to send shockwaves through football, but indeed world sport. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 7, Optus Sport, Jeff Sainla Visuals, Tukin Media, and Kuro Obiworld on YouTube for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.